Disclaimer. The following podcast contains explicit language and adult content. The content may offend some listeners. Relax and don't be a hater. Hello. Welcome to a walk in the park podcast. (laughs) This is Riss. And this is Babs. And in our podcast, we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of wine, cake, laughter, friendship, success, families, fun, the extraordinary. We're happy you're listening. I can't stop laughing. <laughs> I love it. Let's just get this walk started, baby. Woo-woo. Guys, how do you talk about life when you haven't even lived at all? And how do you talk about love when the only thing you love is your dog? I don't know. Preview in this episode, we talk about politics, specifically the current front runners for the Democratic presidential nomination, Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders. Of course, all conversations are imbibed with and have the aura of coronavirus pandemic all around them. We also may uh, take some shots at some politicians in this podcast. And if you get offended by that sort of thing, then maybe this isn't your episode. But we do hope you listen and enjoy. Wait, we're connecting. Hello, Walk in the Park podcast listeners. This is Babs, and I'm here with my co-host, and our special guest, MB. Uh, And we're going to talk a little politics, because this is kind of an area of expertise for MB. So, MB, just feel free to share any political thinking you have right now. Before... During the impeachment trial, the federal government didn't know about this coronavirus. True. I agree. Because we've heard heard that they're now saying that the reason they didn't get on, Mitch McConnell is saying the reason they didn't jump on the coronavirus was because the impeachment trial was distracting them. And yet that was over by February 5th. Hmm. Why did it take them so long to finally get stuff up and running if they knew that we would be headed in this direction? Those are all good questions that need to be investigated. I agree. I have no answers though right now. You know, Do you... after we're said, after, let's just pretend that this does end in three weeks, then the, or whenever it does end, the media month, is yeah. going to slaughter everybody and anything that where they find out that somebody knew something and they didn't do anything so Which, it's going to be it's going to really affect the elections if we do have elections so we're going to see how this plays out which I am fine with doing the deep dive investigative, see where it went wrong and hold people accountable. Uh, I just don't want that to be done now. Oh, uh, absolutely. No, I think they're going to keep they're going to keep their eyes on the, the COVID-19 crisis. And then well, they're in. I have an idea there should be a select committee on how to do things better. I like it. Would there be one in the House and the Senate? Yes. Okay. I like it. Or we should investigate, is there already a committee that should have been doing this and slacked off? Like there must be a, like a select committee on like health services or oh, yeah. something. There's subcommittees. Yeah. That should, I, what's going to happen is that that committee or whatever knew about it, they 
they blew the whistle and somebody said, I don't have time for that right now. Well, I had heard that Health and Human Services Secretary Azar had tried to get Trump to pay attention to this back in January after it came right. on the radar in China. And Trump was concerned about, only wanted to talk about why the secretary was cracking down on vaping, something like that. <laughs> Listen, oh, we all follow Trump's tweets. We all saw what he said. He can try to lie about it, but the fact is, for a very long time, he was downplaying this. Yeah. That is what it is. Now, as of last night, which was March 31st, what I heard is he has said, this is a serious problem. This is not the flu. We are in deep trouble. Dark days are ahead. Yeah. So I feel grateful that he's come around, but. Yeah. And China's, and China, and China's been lying to us about the official numbers. Well, They're, they've yeah. been lying a lot lately about a lot of different things, and no one will ever really know the truth, maybe 20 years from now, but you have to remember, China's a communist country. They don't have to tell anybody anything. Yeah. That's the way they roll. Although I did read that now they are going to be reporting their numbers differently. So they are going to be including in their total the number of asymptomatic cases. I guess they had only been reporting maybe symptomatic cases. So like, let's say if you and I, none of none, the three of us don't look like we have any symptoms now, but let's say we got tested for some reason and we tested positive. I'm interpreting that as if we didn't have symptoms, they wouldn't include our positive results in their numbers. Right. I don't. I mean, that's my best guess, but yeah. And I mean, China closed its borders and I think understandably because they got it under control, but now they're like, well, people are coming back and they're bringing it back. Right. I mean, I am a citizen of the world. I like all borders to be open, but I understand right now if some countries are closing their borders, I would just like Grand Cayman to open its borders to me and then I will be fine. It'll, it'll, that'll happen. Don't worry about just, that. Just to me. Just to me and my family. We're just four little people. Have you heard about the two cruise ships that haven't been able to come in? I've heard of at least one, I think. Oh, yeah. And it makes me really sad for them. Yeah. It's very sad. But I, I, I don't know. I don't know. They should at least let them dock. Don't let the people off, maybe, but they need medical treatment. I mean, yeah. I saw this headline that said, I think it was Holland America, it was begging Florida to let them dock, and Florida was not. And to me, I'm sorry, but if that's the port, if that's the port that the ship left from, I think they should be allowed to come back. Don't, again, don't let people off. Right. Like or if you let people come in and help them, quarantine even, them. Like, how are they getting food? Like, they need. I feel like there must be some type of deliveries to them because you know we've heard about these cruise they ships the in the past, right? It's like all of a sudden they run out. Of, they're at sea longer than they thought. They run out of fuel. Their toilets stop working. I mean, somebody's got to be supplying them. Right. And have they been? And are they going to get the adequate number of tests? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that's a good question. But yeah, everybody on that ship should be tested. 
Everybody should, who isn't sick should be allowed off the ship and put into quarantine. We know the hotels are not full right now. I'd be like, fine, just quarantine them in a hotel nearby. I mean, it's Bye. really horrible. I think especially for like elderly people who go on cruises because it's easy. Right. I, mean, I think it must be very scary for them right now. So Absolutely. I will go on record as saying it is highly unlikely that I will ever go on another cruise in my entire life. So the cruise industry may I just I have no desire. Out. I have no desire. Oh <laughs> my gosh. But so MB, what do you have any updates for us on what's happening with uh, you know, Biden and Bernie? Biden thinks they'll have a virtual DNC convention. Yeah. Okay. Eh, it makes sense because their convention yeah. is scheduled for the end of July, right? Yes. They just, and I think they wouldn't want to be associated with a resurgence, right? They don't want the DNC convention getting its own line in the stats like the Diamond Princess Cruise. They're like, this many COVID 19 cases originated from the DNC convention. So I get that. And you got to think about the RNC convention too. Yeah, I mean, a little less important when an incumbent is running, probably, but I think theirs is like the end of August, right? I think yeah. do theirs later, but I don't know. Where where was the DNC convention? It was supposed to happen in Wisconsin, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, where the cheese heads are. The cheese heads, <laughs> that's right. And the Packers, those Packers. Well... It will be interesting to see what changes remain in effect, perhaps longer than these shelter-in-place orders. Depends it, on how everything goes. It does, it does. The modeling suggests that, well, I saw on this website that a friend of ours shared with me that Georgia's peak, based on current modeling, should be April 23rd. So that's still quite a ways away. Um, and other states are obviously peaking sooner than that. And I don't know, maybe our shelter in place order. Well, the governor, when he gets on at four, he has to, I mean, he has to make it statewide, right? Right, right. Yeah. I mean, I heard, I think Gwinnett County maybe already had a shelter in place order in effect, but I don't think DeKalb or Cobb or Cherokee or any of our other Metro Atlanta. Yeah, I mean, these are, you know, pretty populated areas. I bet, yeah. Kemp, is, I bet Kemp is facing pressure from the Board of Health and to issue a statewide. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I was wondering, because now that Trump, I mean, Kemp is a Trump lackey, let's face it. And now that Trump has said, like, this is serious, I feel like Kemp feels he has the political coverage he needs. So he can just be like, listen, I was listening to the president. So if people start complaining that he did the wrong thing, he's like, the president said, you know? I think this, it, Trump didn't issue a national lockdown order, but I feel like probably last night was, you know, obviously the most significant thing he said about this crisis. And so that's what I think Kemp was waiting for. Because again, he's just a Trump lackey who can't, you know, make up his own mind about what's best for his state, which means he doesn't deserve to be governor. Yes. I'll say it right here. 
If Stacey Abrams had been elected governor, we would have had an entire statewide shelter in place order in early March. I don't, you don't know that. I'm saying it. I could email her and ask her. Actually, she's okay. probably sent me some emails saying she would have. <laughs> I get a lot of political emails these days. Me too. But, uh, oh my goodness. Well, yeah, so last night, March 31st, was the end of the first quarter. So it was like a reporting deadline for all the candidates who are trying to raise money. Wow. And I would think raising money in these COVID-19 times are a little challenging. But you could also give on the line. Oh, yes. No, I know. It's just people are a little bit more concerned about their finances, maybe. So maybe they're not donating as liberally. I did give online last night uh, ahead of the deadline, but uh, I wonder how fundraising, I have to imagine that fundraising overall has lowered for people. Oh, well, yeah, because no one knows what's gonna go on. And then you would ask yourself, I guess they still need as much money, right? Because they still wanna buy TV ads, but like, I, I don't know, are they considered essential workers because they're doing government campaign work? Well, because they, otherwise, yeah, but they, as long as they can do it at home. Well, that's what I mean. So otherwise, like, are the campaigns still paying people or are they laying them off? Right. I don't know. Oh my goodness. Well, let's do a quick poll straw here. Who would rather, would you rather have Biden or Bernie if those were your only two choices? Oh, Biden. Our world. Yeah, Biden. I'll say Biden. All right. I think, we're all Biden. I think I've always said that from the get-go, but I, I feel like Sanders and Warren and even Kamala Harris are very good at what they do, but I don't think they're, they're right for being president. I think we need them where they are. Well, but so that raises an interesting point because as we all know, Biden went on record saying he will pick a woman as his VP candidate. So who do we think he's going to pick? Amy. All right, Senator Amy Klobuchar from Minnesota. That's your yep. guess? Yep. Do you have a guess, Michael? Amy. All right, you're agreeing. Amy, 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 um, Amy. Uh, all right, I feel like I need to now, um, you know, come up with somebody different. I will just point out that Amy is also a female senator like Kamala Harris and Elizabeth Warren, so why is she less important in the Senate? Uh, you know what? It, it's just um, with Amy, she's extremely level headed, and everything she says and everything she does is just the right thing to do. I'm not saying that Elizabeth Warren or Camilla Harris hasn't done anything good, I'm just saying they're not very level headed. You think they'll have, they'll be more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? they will elicit more negative responses than Amy would. Yeah. Okay. Well, so here's an article. It's a few days old. It's from March 27th. The top 10 women Joe Biden might pick as VP. And this is from CNN. Uh, let's see. We're going in reverse order. And I have to say, I haven't even heard of this first woman. Let me know if you guys have heard of her. Michelle Lujan or Lujan Grisham who was elected governor in 2018 after spending six years in the House of House representing New Mexico. Okay. Yeah. 
I don't know her, but they say uh, she is, she's one of the least well-known politicians on this list, but the female Latina governor of a Southwestern state has a long history of working in government, having worked on health and aging issues in New Mexico prior to coming to Washington. All right. Oh my gosh. Wait until you hear this next one, people. Keisha Lance Bottoms. Really? The mayor of Atlanta was with Biden almost, from almost the start. She endorsed him in June 2019 and stuck with him through some very rocky times in the fight for the nomination, emerging as one of his most active and effective surrogates. At 50, she is also a nice generational break from the 77-year-old Biden. Okay. Number eight on the list, Tammy Baldwin. Don't know Baldwin? She's the first openly gay person elected and re-elected to the Senate and happens to represent perhaps the swingiest of Midwestern states, Wisconsin. Hmm. Interesting. Never heard of her. Nope. Stacey Abrams. Now, I'd heard this one before. Yeah, uh, me too. So... Me too. Whoever wrote this article said, I'm slightly more skeptical. Remember that Abrams blanched at the idea of being Biden's, Biden's VP when it was floated earlier in the cycle. All right. Number six, Tammy Duckworth. Okay. Her personal story is incredible and compelling. Badly wounded in Iraq when the Black Hawk helicopter she was piloting was hit by a rocket-propelled grenade. She lost both legs and the full use of her right arm in the incident. She was elected to the House from Illinois in 2012 and the Senate in 2016, becoming the second Asian American woman in the Senate. Hmm. All of that plus her Midwestern appeal makes her an appealing pick. All right. Catherine Cortez Mazdo, Nevada Senator. Two things going for her. She's from a swing state and is currently the chair of Senate Democrats campaign arm. Okay. Which means she is known to major Democratic donors. Number four, Gretchen Whitmer. Don't know her. Nope. Uh, let's see. She is, the, oh, right. Sorry. I have heard her name recently. She's the Michigan governor. Yeah, I've heard of her too. Oh, yeah, okay. Okay. Um, let's see. And then, oops, wrist isn't going to like this. Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> <laughs> Number three. Warren Pick has a very clear motivation. Ensure the liberal base of the party, or at least a big chunk of it, is behind the Democratic ticket. Number two, though, Amy Klobuchar. Nice. So who is number one? Does anyone want me to make a guess? I haven't scrolled down, so I don't know. My guess is it has to be Kamala Harris. Yeah, that's what I would say. What do you think, MB? I say Kamala Harris. All right, let's see. And it is! All right, let's see. The California senator makes the most sense for a lot of reasons. She would be a historic pick as the first African-American and Indian-American woman on a national ticket. The whole African-American thing makes me confused because she's Jamaican. <laughs> right. So that makes her Jamaican-American, not African-American, right? Right. Interesting. Okay. She and Biden have a personal connection through the former vice president's late son, Beau, who was friendly with Harris when they were both state attorneys general. Oh, okay. And at 55 years old, Harris offers Biden a good mix between seasoned politician and a younger ticket mate who would be ready to step in after four or eight years. Alrighty, well, there you have it, people. That's according to some guy who wrote something for CNN.com five days ago. So, you know, pretty, right. pretty respectable. <laughs> who do you think Biden, who do you think Biden is going to pick? I say Amy. I say Amy. 
Yeah, I would think the appeal of Amy in the Midwest might be strong. I don't know if Biden or his campaign have enough foresight to really weigh the whole minority woman impact of it. I think the fact that Harris is from California might be a mitigating factor because I'm sure the Democrats feel confident in winning California. Right. And so they're possibly trying to swing they're thinking maybe the Midwest is more important. In which case, though, maybe you pick the senator from Wisconsin. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. So, I have to think more on this. I have to watch a little more Fox News about this. <laughs> <laughs> do, do, do tell, Riz. Do tell us more about what Fox News has going on these days. I haven't been watching, to be honest. Once in a while, I watch Tucker Carlson because he makes me laugh, but that's, I don't watch Fox News otherwise. I have flipped over to it occasionally just to get a sense of what those exclusive viewers are seeing. Right. Um, I mean, it's with CNN. Yeah, it's been a mixed bag, but wait, mm -hmm. where are you switching over from? Um, I'm switching over from CNN to Fox News. Oh, I switched between them both. Oh, okay. And I throw in a little MSNBC in there too. Yeah. I like to read the ticker tape at the bottom. So oftentimes I just mute all the channels and I just read what's scrolling. That's what I do. Because listening to them is a little exasperating at times. Yeah, because it's all commentary. Like they're yeah. not reporting the news, they're just reporting their opinion. Yeah, I'd like to see more facts. I'd like them to take these data sources and drill down into it and explain to us what it all means. I, agree. I don't, I don't, and like I said, I think Trump is a complete incompetent moron. I think he never should have been elected president. But currently, I do not want them to focus on that. <laughs> right. They, they can pick that up a little later and run with it. Like right yeah. now. As soon as this crisis is over, Trump is going to come straight back up. Wow. So I, yeah, I, that's when I, I'd like to reserve the Trump trashing until after. And that's what I think is going to happen. What? That's what I think is going to happen. I think it's going to be more trash talk after everything's done. Well, but there's still a decent amount right oh, yeah. now, which I don't. I mean, like I said, I would have loved for Trump to have been impeached and removed from office, frankly, but like at this time, I would like our news channels to focus on giving us the news, as you said. Less commentary, more news. Um, which is why I only tune in. The one show that I do love, just because he's hilarious, is Chris Cuomo's show on CNN. So even if he's like lambasting or criticizing, I just think he's so funny that him I will watch. Right. <laughs> Do you think the primaries that, that were postponed are gonna happen? That's a good question because our Georgia primary was postponed to May 19th. I hope so, because I didn't early vote. And did I tell you the Georgia delegation wants it to be pushed back longer? They do? Yes. Like just their specific election? The some, Wisconsin was having it Wisconsin was having its primary like what? Today? Tomorrow? Let me look it up. They did I read somewhere that Wisconsin didn't 
push their primary and they're like, well, how are we supposed to have people vote right now? Maybe mail in? April 7th. Okay, so the Democratic primary and the Republican primary both are April 7th. So clearly they can't, uh, I mean, they don't have time to get a mail-in vote. Wow. All right. Yeah, it says the state is facing a huge shortage in poll workers ahead of Tuesday's vote. Local election officials may have to close and consolidate precincts to manage the situation, and some are warning of steep drops in turnout. Basically, all these states that are going forward with primaries right now, we're probably not going to get an accurate representation of what people are thinking. That means the election results in November might be a little off. I hope not, but I like to think that we will learn what we need to learn, and by November, the election will be protected, but I guess we do also have to factor in that that's late fall, and so the coronavirus could be cycling back then. Yes. I do think the stimulus package that was passed, the historic $2 trillion stimulus pass that was passed by um, the by Congress, I do think it included a certain amount of money to try to get the country ready if the election in November had to be done by mail-in ballot. So I think there was a little bit of that. And as I look down at my phone, I see I'm still being stalked by the local people in Georgia running for office who want me to donate money. I just did leave me alone. Yeah, you should be able to block them now. I could if I wanted to, but this particular person is a friend of mine. And so I don't want to block. You're still doing that? Yeah. Although I swear, I think maybe they've set something up where some of her campaign staff are calling using her number somehow. Sometimes I read the voicemail transcription, the messages, and I'm like, wait, that's not her. They're like, this is so-and-so from her staff. <sighs> anywho, anywho. <laughs> well, and you know, I did have a friend, and this was a few weeks ago, who was like, they should just cancel all primaries, be done with it. And I was like, well, I don't think legally they can. And also you've already had some states vote. <clears throat> so I can't imagine that you'd let some states have an input in deciding who gets the Democratic nomination and not other states. That seemed problematic to me. Well, with no campaigning on how, who, who, it's gonna be hard who wins the nomination. <clears throat> yeah, people are gonna have to go on what they know so far maybe. Yeah. Although, aren't they still doing like <clears throat> town halls and debates with nobody around them? You notice there haven't been any more debates since Biden said, I'll pick a woman as <laughs> president. Oh, that is interesting. I wonder when the next debate was supposed to be scheduled for. You have to believe there had to be at least one more on the schedule, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Several. <clears throat> oh, my God. Excuse me while I have a little coughing fit. Can you get some yeah. water? Talk amongst yourselves. Any talk? Oh, listen, I got to cut this short.
Oh, yeah, you're going. Oh, all righty. Well, thanks for hanging. I'll send you this recording so you can listen and enjoy. Yeah, hopefully this time around I'll have more to say, but I've been so caught up in this stupid painting and getting this stuff done that I just haven't had time, but I'll have a lot to say. <laughs> all righty. Awesome. All right. Well, right, bye, bye for guys. Now. Bye. bye. I think we are. Yeah. We're back. Yeah. We're back. Yay. Yay us. Okay. So, um, MB, you have some updates for us, some relevant political updates. You want to run through those for us? The DNC convention is one week, is one week before the RNC convention. And so what is that? It. They moved it? Yes, they moved it to August 17th, the DNC. Okay. Now, okay. did they do that because they want to still hold it in person? Yes. Okay. Well, I got to tell you, Biden and Bernie, I still don't see them in the news cycle, really. Nope. I, well, not in the news cycle, but I see them on shows here and there. Yeah, weighing in on their opinion on how the coronavirus pandemic is playing out, right? Right, right. So I saw, um, I saw Sanders on uh, uh, Real Time with Bill Maher last night. Okay. And that was an interesting conversation. He was talking, he was still talking about socialism and how it works in other countries. And I kept wanting to butt in and, and tell him, yeah, but those <laughs> countries are so much smaller and they have a smaller number of people it's like and we just spent two trillion dollars is it two trillion in trying to help people out with the economy and their jobs and 2.2 trillion yes 2.2 trillion Committed. and we still it has not been spent yet oh okay like some of it was for small business loans and banks are hesitant to actually take loan applications because i guess the government has told them spend your money and we'll pay you back and they don't feel good about that. And then second, they're like, we weren't really giving any, any guidance on what these applications have to include to determine whether people qualify. So right. I've heard the SBA loans portion of the stimulus package is not going well. Okay. Um, but okay. And we know the checks haven't gone out yet, but those are supposed to go out in the next couple weeks. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a, definitely an interesting convention season and perhaps even more so with them back to back. But of course, first we have to get to the convention. Michael, you had an update for us on uh, some of the primaries that are still happening, right? The judge in Wisconsin wants all results held until August, until April 13th. Oh, really? Yeah, the, a Wisconsin judge once all results push back to April 13th. Okay, so are they changing their primary? Because their primary was supposed to be this coming Tuesday, I think. They're still having it, but they're withholding results until. Wow. Wow, interesting. That's weird. I wonder why. <laughs> I don't know. 
but all right, Wisconsin doing a few uh, few unusual things. We'll have to keep an eye on that state as they are important in the yeah. uh, 2020 election. So, all right, what else? You had mentioned that we, something's going on in Congress, that they're- there, There's a, there's a committee who's gonna be led by one of the Democratic members of Congress from South Carolina. Oh, hmm. And this is the Select Committee on the Coronavirus? Yes. So they're gonna look into what went wrong, what we did wrong, what we could do better? Yes. That ought Good. to be pretty interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and wait, when do they start meeting or they, this is just, they hasn't been formed yet? It's been formed, okay. but they haven't been meeting yet. Okay. I was talking to a family member this morning whom I won't identify, but I will say this family member is a Trump supporter and was telling me that Congress is not doing any work right now. And I, of course, said, well, I don't know that that's true. She's like, they're not even there. I was like, well, well I think they might be working <laughs> remotely because they can't really yeah, social distance if they all sit together. Right. And they all got in. I don't know that they got in trouble, but like as of last week, they had been meeting. So maybe they are just so now at this point they have to meet you know via uh social distancing so yeah video conferencing right whatnot. right all right wait here i did a quick look so this is from cnn which i know some of our listeners will poo poo but it says wisconsin <laughs> governor asks legislature to delay primary election so wisconsin governor tony evers on friday signed an executive order calling the state legislature to meet for a special session today in a last minute bid to delay the state's primary election. Um, and let's say, of course, citing all the significant health risks, et cetera. Um, <laughs> okay, this is interesting. This is what Trump said, quote, I don't know, why didn't he do it before? Trump said of Evers when asked whether he was concerned about people voting in person. He's doing it right before the election. Why didn't he do this two weeks ago? <laughs> okay. Wisconsin is the only one of 11 states with April primaries that hasn't delayed it or made major huh. changes such as shifting to an entirely by mail contest. And yes, this is what, okay. So this is what it was, Michael. Yeah. So the federal appeals court kept Wisconsin's absentee ballot deadline extension in place on Friday night. A Friday night ruling giving voters an extra six days. So if people have absentee ballots, that's why they're not releasing the total because they'll say we'll accept them up until April 13th. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. So I know, Michael, I heard, you know, of course, that you were a little bummed that you aren't voting age for the primary. Yeah. Right? Does the delay change that at all for you? I wonder if I will still get to have my vote counted in November due to this. I think you will, because what I got today, for example, when I checked, or no, I got it a few days ago in the mail. I got the form from the state oh, yeah. of Georgia telling me, fill, sign that, confirm this information is correct, your mailing address, give us your birthday and sign it and return it to us and we will mail you a ballot so that if you can't vote in person, you can you will have the absentee ballot that you can submit. I still have oh, that's, yeah, I got that too. 
I still haven't gotten my application back from registering to vote. Okay, because I remember there are some rules here in Georgia because you're going to turn 18 next month, right? Yeah. So are you going to be 18 on May 19th or is your birthday after May 19th? My birthday is before. Okay. So yeah, there are some rules like you have to be registered to vote like a certain amount of time before the primary to be allowed to, but I wonder if they will have changed that at all. Hmm. I don't know. Like maybe you should look into that because if it was only like 30 days before the primary, then maybe you could squeeze it in, right? If you get if you so wait, are you saying you've already submitted it and you're just waiting to hear back? Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. Huh. Hmm. I I haven't gotten anything back from the Yeah, city. they haven't acknowledged it. They must be busy. <laughs> Maybe. No, well, I mean, normally, yes, I would chuckle at that as well. But if they are trying to figure out how to get the mail-in ballot system set up for our May 19th primary, then maybe they are. They are still government figuring office, it out. So they're probably trying. Well, I don't know. I mean, the state doesn't have any like. No, I, I saw Ratzberger on yet the news yesterday and he was discussing it. And he's like, we're still trying to figure out what's going to work the best for, for yeah. everyone. So. Interesting. All right. So we've got uh, that segues us to our local governor. Since Raffensperger replaced our current governor as the secretary of state. And MB, you have an update for us because Georgia, as of last night, now has a shelter-in-place order. Yes. There's Give us the highlights. What's the deal? Restor People are still allowed to go outside and walk. Mm -hmm. People are allowed to do essential activities. Okay. Like going to the grocery store. Yes. And pharmacies and all that stuff in non-essential places like like your local hair salons are closed that makes a lot of us very sad yeah i mean i can color my hair but i can't cut it so it's uh, all right it says in this order that essential that essential services permitted to to the provisions of this order are limited to the following necessary supplies and services for family or household members to engaging in activities essential for the health and safety of family. Number three, engaging in outdoor activities so long as a minimum distance of six feet is maintained. Okay. Well, All right. I did that today. I did a a family walk maintaining six feet of distance at all times. And I will say, I was curious about this because I saw the construction workers. We have some work being done on our sidewalks over here. Oh, yeah. So Ernst Construction was out there and I watched four workers literally standing almost shoulder to shoulder doing work. So clearly not social distancing. And I had read um, that the executive order divides into two categories, the essential businesses. There's like critical, um, there's non-critical infrastructure. Yeah. And then 
um, something else, minimum basic operation. But I saw utilities, you know, they're considered critical, right? But I thought, is really re-cementing the sidewalk critical? Um, and then of course, you know, like I think, okay, so those four people now go home to their family members or go somewhere else in the community. And, uh, right. So I don't know. It just made me shake my head. And I know there are some people out there that they're just continuing to do their work, even if it's not safe for them because they need a paycheck. Right. That's a definition for critical infrastructure. All right. Lay it on us. The term, yeah. the, the term critical infrastructure shall refer businesses, establishments, corporations, nonprofit corporations, and organizations as defined by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security. Why do they get to define it? <laughs> yeah, that's that, it's interesting. I need a little more information. I will say. I did see somewhere that that legal firms are considered critical. It's so I guess I can go to my office if I want. As defined, <laughs> as defined by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security as essential critical infrastructure workforce in guidance dated March 19th, 2020 and revised on March 28th. Okay. Does it give any of the specific businesses listed no. there? Okay. Because like I said, I heard utilities, which that makes sense. I mean, we need people to go out and fix things. Like I heard from our neighborhood network that um, the Ding Dong landscapers ended up cutting their uh, internet line. So they were without internet. Oh. For shame. Freaking landscapers. Yeah. Oh, critical infrastructure that continues in person operation during the effective dates of this order shall implement measures which mitigate the exposure and spread of COVID 19 among its workforce. Such measures may include, but shall not be limited to number one, screening and evaluating workers who exhibit signs of illness. Two, requiring workers who exhibit signs of illness not to report to work or to seek medical attention. Three, enhancing sanitation of the workplace as appropriate. Yeah, that uh, is again sounds like what everybody's been trying to follow for a while, right? Like, still, when you're around people, try to social distance. I guess. Right, right. Let me see if there's anything. Uh, like, I'll give you an example of what's going on in Chris's company. So Chris works for Comcast, right? Mm -hmm. And they shut down the campus uh, up in Philadelphia. However, essential workers include people who have to run the networks right. so that everybody still gets their service. So it's kind of, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, well, Yes. So I'm also looking at this. So I found just, this is interesting because of what you said about, you know, making sure people get their internet services. Um, so this looks like it's a follow-up executive order maybe to the shelter in place. And it's a clarification. It said, um, I'm just going to read the part that seems most relevant. 
The term essential services shall also include children obtaining public internet access to fulfill educational obligations. Hmm. So that's, I think, so that means the kids, you know, that, because I did hear maybe some places were trying to open up computers to kids that don't have them at home. Right. Um, because I did think, I was like, well, gosh, if you only let a certain number of kids into schools and you can social distance them and like stagger the number that come in at any one time, then maybe you could um, come up with some schedule that wouldn't be completely, you know, crazy to people. Right. Um, but... I don't know. And the fact that Kemp is only, the order's only in place until April 13th, which I guess just mirrors our um, statewide emergency that I guess we put into place a month, like maybe on March 13th. So he was just mirroring that. But hmm. um, yeah, so I don't know. It's interesting. Um, see how this okay. will I don't know if we've I don't know if we've missed our window to really contain things but I guess we shall see oh my goodness was there anything else um politically specific we would like to discuss before we move on to other topics the CDC <laughs> CDC what about them they issue guidance for Everybody to voluntarily wear a mask. Uh -huh. Is that Trump is not planning on wearing a mask? I did hear that. Although he probably doesn't go to the grocery store for himself, so. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, but what I, I always find interesting is every press conference, he's right, they're all right next to each other. No. I don't, I don't get know. that. I guess as long as he keeps testing negative, I did read somewhere that anybody that comes into close contact with Trump or Pence are they're having their temperatures checked every time before. But the problem no. is, it's like fine. Once you have a temperature, then we're maybe fairly certain that you have it. But how right. long have you been asymptomatically transmitting it? Exactly. I can't exactly. remember, so I just want to put it out there again in case it wasn't in our previous episode. The Governor Kemp is a ding-dong. In his press conference, he said that he had only, you know, in the past 24 hours learned that you can have asymptomatic transmission of the virus that causes COVID-19 disease. And I think everybody around the country, if not the world, thinks he's a moron, whether you're Republican or Democrat. Like the Republican governor of Maryland said, where has he been? Like, that's completely outrageous, you know. Uh, yeah, um, right? Sanjay Gupta has said, you know, he's tried to be, since he lives here, he's tried to be a little more, um, or less, I should say, inflammatory. But he said, uh, yeah, I went back and checked my notes. And he was talking to, I think, Anderson Cooper. And he said, the first time you and I, Anderson, brought up the fact that this was an asymptomatic, asymptomatic transmission disease, he said, was February 5th. He says, so it's literally been months. And Kemp, and, I mean, Kemp makes national news for being an idiot, which is not surprising because it's kind of who he is. I mean, even before he became governor, he was a horrible secretary of state. 
is just an example of what's wrong in society that somehow people latch on to people like him and we end up with these morons. Yeah. What I have to say about that. <laughs> the latest state to issue another state, a stay at home order is Alabama. I did see that that governor had issued one, yes. But so that's good. But besides that state, there's, a, there's, I think there's a lot more in red states that have issued a stay at home order. Yeah, I think there were, last time I checked, maybe it's down to eight now. I thought I had heard something about um, maybe 11 states didn't have a stay at home order yet but I'm not sure. It's, I, I either saw- That's a, not enough. What do you mean? That, well, you, I, you would hope everyone would have one, right? Right, exactly. Of some, of some source or another, but they don't. And, you know, Trump has said he's leaving it up to the states to decide um, how they want to handle it, so. But of course, as we know, oxygen flows over state borders. People still travel across state lines. So if you don't have something in place for at least a period of time as one of these American states, then you are doing a disservice to the entire country, in my opinion. Yeah. And, and you're letting it continue to spread without these stay-at-home orders. Yep. Yep. I know. Oh my goodness. Well, what else? What else can we possibly do in the wrap up here? I feel like we have a lot of other good things to talk about in our next episode. So maybe yeah. we should just move on to those topics. Yes. All right. Well, let's say bye for now. Bye for now. All righty. So much for listening. If you like what you heard, please head on over to Apple Podcasts or Google Play to rate, review, and subscribe. We'd really appreciate it. You can also follow us on our social media accounts. On Twitter, that's at Awit Podcast. On Facebook, you can find our A Walk in the Park Facebook page by searching at Awit Podcast. And on Instagram, you can find us at A Walk in the Park Podcast. We'd love to hear from you.